0: Welcome back to another episode of Stern Chats. Our guest today is an NYU Stern household name. We are so happy to have Diana Hyde with us in the studio.
1: For those of you who haven't had the opportunity to meet Diana yet, which in my estimation is nearly impossible because she is so incredibly involved in student life here at NYU Stern, here is a bit of background. Diana Hyde is a senior director of the Office of Student Engagement, and she was also the executive director of Minds Matter of New York, a nonprofit that serves high-achieving, low-income high school students. She has her master's degree in policy, organization, and leadership studies from Stanford University.
0: Also, Sherry, don't forget, she's the people's champ.
1: She has won so many Administrator of the Year awards. It's incredible. The students love her.
0: Sherry, you didn't even mention the most important part.
1: Gosh, what did I miss?
0: Diana is one of Sternchat's first supporters. She's been hugely influential in getting this podcast off the ground and out to all of you great listeners.
1: We're incredibly grateful for our partnership with Diana and cannot wait to hear more about what is most important to her.
0: So Sherry, what do you think? Should we start the show?
1: Let's start the show.
0: Cue that music.
1: University Stern Campus, this is Stern Chats, the podcast that tells the hidden stories between the lines of someone's resume. In the interest of serving the Stern community, building relationships, and unlocking important life lessons, we present these stories to a wider audience. Here with today's program are your hosts, Frank Ferricchio and Sherry
2: Holt.
0: Welcome to our guest, Diana Hyde. We are so excited that you're here. She's actually the sponsor for the show. Is that fair to say? I would
1: say
2: that's pretty accurate. Yeah. Our champion and our sponsor. Our champion
0: and our sponsor. But no, seriously, you're so busy. Thank you so much for coming.
2: It is my absolute pleasure to be here.
0: So you're famous to us at NYU Stern. Everybody knows you in the Office of Student Engagement. But for people that don't know you, can you give us like a 20 second intro?
2: Sure. I am one of the directors in the Office of Student Engagement. And I've had the privilege of being here for about five and a half years. And I'm one of those weirdos that came from finance and decided to go into education. That doesn't make you weird. It makes me special. <laughs> <laughs> um, well,
0: we appreciate it, though.
2: Yeah, no, it's uh, it's been... It's, it's funny, I, I often talk to my friends and they're like, you're one of those people that loves your job. Like, that's pretty special, and I I do love my job, and so I have the privilege of working with a lot of student leadership. I help with things like student government of of both SGOV and LSG. I do a lot of our diversity and inclusion programming. I try to uh, be one of the people that that also provides community building opportunities for students. I have the opportunity of, of working with students and supporting them in various things and trying to get them outside of their comfort zone and push them to grow. It's I don't know, it's wonderful. It's, it's a real special thing to be a part of. But mainly what I get to do is work with awesome students, so that that's yeah. my job. Like Sherry and Frank. Exactly!
0: Yeah, you know, it's funny, when we wanted to start a podcast, we didn't know where to go, but everyone said, oh, you should go find Diana Hyde, who I did not know who that was, but it was repeated so many times that eventually I went and came and found you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I just remember, I mean, we had some false starts along the way. We weren't even looking for anything except for, like, a a pat on the back or, like, a, yeah, you're going in the right direction. and You were looking
0: for for a pat on the back?
1: I mean, I was just looking for something other than what we were getting. Sure. And, yeah, you just embraced us, and I think that really speaks to your work in general at Stern, which is taking, you know, small ideas and letting them list. Well, that's so kind. I don't think I've
2: ever quite described it that way but But now
0: you have something to write in your journal
2: i know i do i bet
0: that students have brought you some pretty wacky ideas
2: trying to think of anything in the past that's i mean i've seen some wacky things
0: oh please do tell oh gosh i don't know story time
2: there are times where you definitely see some regression in people's behavior (laughs) (laughs) and i remember when i was in i was in grad school uh before stern i was a little bit on the the older side of things And yet there was the 24-year-old in my class, and we all got down to that level. So (laughs) it was like, oh, I didn't do that in college, but I'm doing it in grad school. So, um, no, I'm trying to think of some funky ideas that we've had. I mean, most ideas have been, been pretty cool and well thought out. I don't know if I've ever... Really had to be like, oh, not okay. <laughs> um, at least, like, on the idea generation. On um, behavior, yeah. But idea generation, a little less, though.
0: Got so, it. Yeah. Got it. So, what you're saying is that uh, graduate students sometimes are not well behaved, but they always have great ideas. Mm-hmm. That's what,
2: <laughs> that's that what is, I heard. That is a good summary of
0: uh, graduate students. Well, so you're pretty darn good at your job, and it's not just our opinion. It, it's because you won Administrator of the Year for every year that people can remember. I think three years, right?
2: It's been three years. Ago. Three
0: years. Is that just like straight in a row?
2: No, it's not straight in a row. You
0: said that very emphatically.
2: Yeah, because I really truly believe that um, you should be spreading the wealth. And so we, we institutionalized a policy that you can't win it a year after year.
0: Did you come up with that policy? Is that your policy? I, that
2: is my policy, yeah.
0: So literally, you're such a good administrator that they had to create the Diana Hyde rule.
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> we're cutting this piece out. <laughs>
0: and we found our first edit. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah. to win Administrator of the Year, you must have worked on some projects that you're very passionate about. Yeah. Can you share some of those with sure. us?
2: Sure. So I think one of the things that's been really important to me at Stern and something that we institutionalized a couple of years ago was around diversity and inclusion and I don't mean, like, checking the box around diversity and inclusion. Like, I, I consider what you're doing in this room to be inclusive and building community. And so how I look at it is how do we go beyond the surface level in conversations and how do we create a space that allows people to really feel like they belong here? And I think that that cannot be removed from people's identity, and so it has to be talked about in, in some capacity. For me, it's, it's really about, like, that community building side That has been so important. So that's been really fun. I was on the diversity task force there. I mean, sometimes there are some funny things that come up um, around. Also, when you're working with undergrads, like there's it's a very different, just a very different audience and what wants to be accomplished. And so it's just it was it was interesting and faculty, too. So it was just like very eye opening to have different constituents in the room. And we're not always on the same page. But I think ultimately we got some really cool things done. So I'm really happy about that. And then I just... I'm a meddler. I get involved in a lot of different things. Uh, a meddler? I am. You want, I like, you'd like to tinker in program. I do. I like things to be better. And so, gosh, Pass the Torch is... Which is probably the bane of my existence, but necessary. That has been, like, a work in progress for five years in a row.
0: So for people that don't, don't know what oh, the Pass torch the Torch is...
2: Pass the Torch, yeah. So one of the cool things that we do, um, or I, I should say students do, is our, they're very involved in leadership opportunities on, on various student organizations, so, like... The military vets club is is one of my favorites, and they often remind me that they're one of my favorites. <laughs> and you know, we have things like the graduate finance association, the GFA, which is one of our more popular clubs, and then we have the cellar club, which is one of my popular, <laughs> most popular clubs, just because for wine drinkers. Yes, who doesn't? Want oh, that's a wine? wine club. Yeah. Yes. Yes, but they also do. I think they also do a whiskey tasting. But they do. Yeah. So they they do a broad depth of of different tastings in case wine isn't up your alley oh that's fun yeah it's very fun so they're involved and, and really what it is is we as a office try to help build in structure of information passing from mb2s to mb1s or from second year language students to first years but it's very hard to it's like herding cats it's like 325 people that are involved and they don't read their emails sorry students, um, but they don't read their emails ever, and so it's just like moving people around. So that would be one of places that I tinker. But what I, what I also love is like blocks. So blocks is a great way where students are kind of getting to know each other, and that would be another thing. That, so there are individual cohorts that the, they divide the school up into. Um, and so like making that program even better, and again having it be student-focused. So it's like lots of different things.
0: So I want to ask you about before you became an administrator. Yeah. Because it's great that you have your dream job. Now, And that's something that most people in the population can't even say. Right. But you took kind of a circuitous path to get there. I did. Working in private banking... Yeah. ...is not the same thing. Not at all. Why did you get into banking if you were eventually going to get out of it? You know, what were you, what were you thinking?
2: I think it's kind of a common challenge that a lot of people fall into, and I actually think it happens here at Stern, too. And I don't blame anybody, but you get into this recruiting mode. I don't always think we have the tools or the time to have the self-awareness to really understand, like, what makes you happy, what skill sets you really want to be bolster, what are things that you don't want to do, what type of culture do you want to be a part of that's important to you, what are your coworkers like, like your boss, all of this stuff. And so, you know, I was an economics major in college and recruiting happened on campus and I just kind of fell into it. Now I, I love my boss and I've been very fortunate to have phenomenal mentors in the process, but. I think there's a difference of like waking up and loving what you do and waking up and being like, what am I doing? And it just got to the point where I was like, what am I doing? And I think, Frank, you and I talked about this a little bit. I was doing a lot of volunteer work on the side. And I started that about the same time I started working in private banking. And so I was working with an organization called Minds Matter, which is very Near and dear to my heart. And I, I was r- recognizing the, the joy and the passion that I was feeling every Saturday when I was working with this group of, of students and volunteers, and I just wasn't feeling that way getting up and going to work.
0: Because Minds Matter is, is a lot with children, right?
2: Yeah, it's with, it's with high school students. So they work with low-income, high-achieving high school students, and it's a college access mentoring program. Do you think you started
1: Minds Matter at the same time that you started your banking job because you p- perhaps anticipated a lack of connection with that type of work
2: possibly um, you know I don't think I was I don't think I necessarily had that foresight at the time I think I it was just super serendipitous that I fell into it and gosh I was so lucky cuz I found you know I'm I'm this on this wacky girl from from Kansas and moved to New York um, and you know was really seeking a community and I found it there and I, I think that's also very similar to how I feel at Stern like you find a community that you love you invest in and it matters and so it was it was a little bit of a foreshadowing of where I was gonna be here at Stern but it, it took me a little time to get there
0: what's interesting you were actually very successful in your banking career when you made your switch yeah you know it's not like um, y- you you kind of ran, ran out of options. You had a tremendous career trajectory and yeah. you had done well. Was it that you were just completely overcome by the mission of your nonprofit work?
2: No. I think, well, I the story that in, in which I, I determined that I wanted to go in this direction is because I had reconnected with one of the students that I had mentored through Minds Matter, and he was going through a really hard time. He had actually dislocated his shoulder playing football in Central Park and had gone in uninsured and Sometimes you can learn a lot about the medical field and what's wrong with it. And he, and he walked out and he had $20,000 in um, insurance payments that he needed to pay. And he had just lost his job. And so there was all this stuff. And so I think he kind of came to me and, and um, we worked through some of the stuff together. And he was able to get on a payment plan. I don't know how this happened, but I got on the phone with the surgeon, which was the most expensive piece of it. It was like a $15,000 charge. And they reduced it down to like five hundred because he should have qualified um, for Medicaid.
0: So simply your assertiveness in helping him reduced his bill.
2: Possibly, I think what it is because I didn't know what I was doing. But sometimes when you act like you know what you're doing, you get things done. And I and I think that's the other thing about like showing up for somebody is like we weren't. He wasn't doing it by himself, and so there was a part of me that was I felt accountable for his situation, even though it wasn't my issue. And it just, it made me push harder, which is funny because I find myself, I'm in situations sometimes where I I can't push for myself, but I'm real good at pushing for other people. And that's something that I've learned about myself.
0: Well, you get a lot of opportunities to do that here. Oh,
2: sure. But like, that, uh, I advocate more than I probably should at times. But that's a separate issue. Well, you
0: just keep on doing it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> don't you worry, I will. Don't
0: Don't you hide it under a bushel basket. Nope, you let nope, that light shine. I'll let
2: that light shine. When you When
1: you choose your the recipients of your advocacy, is it people that you you know and you trust, or is it ideas? Like, how do you choose
2: <clears throat> who you support? Well, I think. I do support people who come and do it in a way that is problem solving versus complaining. Like I think that there's a huge difference in terms of people, um, how they approach a problem. And I think you learn quickly over time whose judgment you can also trust. And so it becomes a lot easier to advocate. And I also would say if it's you know you have multiple people saying the same thing, there tends to be something that you need to push for. But I also am a true believer in, like, part of my job and, and what I should be doing is letting you come up with these ideas and, and helping you get them to fruition. Like, that that is something, you know, to go back to your original question of, like, how did I get here? Um, after working with this student, we decided we were going to do what, what's, what Color is Your Parachute? And, and that book, I don't know if you've heard of that book, but it's a series of, like, exercises that you go through that really help you determine because as I mentioned before when you don't have the time and you don't have the space and you don't have somebody you're accountable in these conversations you're not going to do it right and so we started to meet on a weekly basis and talk through like what we actually like to do like what gave us energy and I think somebody gave me wonderful advice once and they said pay attention to where your energy level is like, if you are energized doing something, you are passionate about it, that matters. And that should be your directional force in terms of of, of where you're going. And when you have stuff that, like, drains you and is terrible, you got to pay attention to that, too. Now, that doesn't mean every job's perfect and there are days where, you know, you might want to punch somebody in the face. Or you know, go for a long run. What's,
0: what's a lesser, <laughs> a, what's a less exalt how about, sort How of. about
2: you have some of those days where you want to go for a long run? Is that better. <laughs> that was better. Yeah, because I don't. Yeah. yeah, there's no need for for violence. I feel
0: the same way. <laughs> yeah, I just I just bury that deep.
2: No, you gotta a let it. You gotta let that, <laughs> sh- that, that light shine, Frank.
0: No, I think um, I think uh, to handle emotions, really, you just bottle them up in a place where nobody can get them, and then they go away. That
2: sounds super mature. <laughs>
0: But uh, so this this individual that yeah. you're helping with Minds Matter yeah. that sort of was your inspiration. What actually? What, what's his first name?
2: His name is Sammy. So Sammy, he's did, wonderful.
0: He's a wonderful guy, yeah. and you still keep in touch with yeah. Sammy.
2: He's what? actually um, he came back to Minds Matter, and he. Ended up being a mentor for a period of time and a team leader. And I think he's still involved. That's wonderful. Yeah, full circle. Well, I mean, so
1: can you tell us a little bit about your evolution with Minds Matter yeah. and how it's changed over time? Yeah. been
2: with them? So I started off as a mentor and um, Sammy was one of my first students that I got to work with and he was awesome. And then I ended up working with I think the second student immediately thereafter, and his name was Rafi, and he was awesome as well. And then I wanted to take on leadership positions, so I got more and more invested. I became a team leader, so I was I was working with a group of seven students and, and 14 mentors every Saturday. And by the way, just to give you an idea of the time commitment that these students make, it's four to five hours every Saturday during the school year. Like, it's not a little time commitment, and we're talking about 16-year-old students.
0: That's pretty dedicated for a Minds Matter Huge. kid. Huge. What would you do on Saturday, Sherry? You're probably not doing that. I
1: took oh a nap. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably
0: drink it from a hose.
1: And oh, yeah. I was definitely doing my homework. I was very nerdy. I was playing well, basketball, good.
0: which was probably of the sports to practice, being 58 was not the, the one i should
1: be focusing on <laughs> but i'm sure you you dashed between people quite quickly
0: well uh, yeah i there was a, a a joyful amount of energy i expended for sure but i probably should have been <laughs> minds matter or something similar but for those kids that is a huge commitment
2: it's
1: enormous and, and it sounds like from their, potentially from their home situation, like they might not have the financial resources or necessarily the emotional resources as well to really, you know, support them on this journey, on this, you know,
2: time commitment. I would say it's probably more, less because the, the families are incredibly dedicated, but many of the students are first generation in the fact that they're first generation citizens, and they're also first generation to go to school. So the issue is not that the families don't care, it's that they've never done it. Like, they've never taken ACTs, they've never filled out a FAFSA, they don't know necessarily what a summer program is. And the challenge is that you have, you have students that are coming for means or, or have had parents that have gone through, you know, levels of education that these families haven't. And so it's very hard to keep on on par with their peers. And this just gives them an opportunity to actually do that. And then I think the other thing is like the social capital. Like we all know at Stern how important it is to build your network. Oh, sure. But somebody ingrained that in us a while ago or we wouldn't be here. And I think it's the same thing with this, this program is that it gives you, as a, as a young adult, access to adults that are successful and have gone to good schools and, who knows, could lead to internships down the road. And I've had, like, multiple students come back to me, and I had one just ask about business school, and I would love to have him here. He would be amazing. So it's um, I think it's that level of... Of care that you're giving to already dedicated people who just don't have the resources to, to change their lives in that way. And then they go on and they kill it. They kill it. Well, That's
1: what's, all. Uh, well, what's really neat about Minds Matter as well is that it sounds like. It's a long-term relationship, so you start out with these students, and you're—correct me if I'm wrong—but you're paired with them throughout the school year and perhaps beyond. Yep. So you see them from their, you know, infancy, you know, in quotes, to their their blossoming success. Yep. And I bet that's something, or it seems like it's something that you really connect with, you yeah. know, um, watching the evolution and then sort of seeing um, the output.
0: Sherry, I'm wondering where that comes from. Because, you know, most <laughs> no, really, because most people don't, most people will volunteer and then that's kind of it. You volunteered and now you took a leadership position and now this is like a driving force in your life. Where does that come from, the desire to like go out there and make a difference to people that can't help themselves?
2: Good question. Maybe in part, it's the fact when some point in time, I was a really nerdy kid, and I wasn't really popular.
0: No, we don't believe. No, it. it's
2: true. I was super unpopular. Um, <laughs> Impossible. Impossible. Very true. It's very true. And then I'm going to Google. No, you should. It'll it'll like the definition of unpopular, <laughs> and my face will pop up.
0: Wait, wait just describe that for us. Oh we'll, gosh,
2: we'll... I don't know. I I did. I I had my first boyfriend when I was in college. If that gives you any sense, like mm. it it took me. I also went to an all girls Catholic high school, so that might have been part of that. But. um I just, I think I really struggled to be in my own skin for a long period of time. And then when I got, I went to this all-girls Catholic high school and I loved it. And it was the same thing that I feel about Minds Matter and Stern. So I think that that definitely is a pattern for me is I invested. I found this amazing group of women that were supportive and loving of me and I found my voice and I became a leader at that school and I gave everything I possibly could give. And so I think when I find places that are accepting and are about teamwork and collaboration, I give back as much as I. I like I wanted to I want I want to be that cool kid, but not making other people feel bad kid. Does that make sense? Yeah. Sort of.
0: You know, is there something about the fact that at that time you were kind of uncool? You were singing into a hairbrush. You're yeah. you doing all kinds of weird stuff, and people supported you.
2: Always. And helped yes. you be
0: the you you are now. I,
2: I you know, I, I, it took me a little while. I was nerdy and skinny and, I don't know, bad braces. You know what? Terrible.
0: Nerdy and skinny now. You
2: well, now know? it's okay.
0: Oh, but this is like. Now
2: that's hipster. That's hip now.
0: Yeah, uh, years ago, there was a lot more bullying, maybe.
2: Yeah, I think there's always been bullying. But I think it's also one of those things where some cultures are more conducive for bullying than others— I mean, I think culture matters a lot. And I, I, I find the same thing at Stern. Like, I, I know other business schools, and I know how the students are because I have colleagues and friends and peers. And I just think we do have a really special community here that is accepting of people's differences. It's not perfect. Nothing's perfect. But people are pretty kind to each other, where that's not always the case in business. <laughs>
1: Well tell us a little bit about your community in Kansas. Mm. What was that like growing up there?
0: Yeah, as a little girl in Kansas. I'm a little
1: girl, I what, wore red
0: about shoes. bit
2: more than a little bit of a little I, as I said, I had a really strong high a career, and then a went to school, um, actually at Trinity College a My parents had a rule that I a to be 500 a away because they really wanted me. Yeah, I know, me you a giving me, a face. Well, i a just
0: saying that's a arbitrary number.
1: Well, it's also the of of most parents. Most parents say that you have to be Close. within
2: 500, 500 miles. Nope. Mine were like, get out. Not not because they didn't love me, but um, at least I hope What was. were you doing I in know, high school? I swear. I was a nerd. <laughs> don't forget. But they really wanted me to develop even more, and they wanted me to grow as a a person as a leader they didn't want me coming home every weekend and they were very supportive of that they're also hilarious like my parents are the two of the cutest people they're they're coming up for graduation which is amazing so it's awesome that i'm a journey uh in grad school as well but they're coming up and i have like a collective group of like 25 of my friends that are like oh, your parents are coming oh my god it's gonna be amazing let's go for drinks but i'm like okay you like them more than you like me but, you're blessed
0: yeah. with cool parents
2: they're they're pretty cool they're pretty cool, and they're they're really liberal, which is hilarious um, being from Kansas City. And so they've had a little bit of a tough time this year. There's some people that are not talking to each other, um, or at least not talking to each other below a surface level, based off of some of the political challenges that have happened. Yeah, no, I mean, I grew up in a really great little town. Love... Barbecue and jazz, and oh, a fun fact at one point in time, we had four cats, two dogs, a bunny, and a bird. So we were a bit, we love animals. Okay. Yeah. In five seconds
1: or less, list all their names. Oh, Jesus.
2: (laughs) Sonny, Zach, Patty, Lily, Romeo, oh, uh, Emil, Peter was a rabbit. And the parakeet's name, sorry, that's not going to happen. <laughs> um, but that's pretty good for... You don't
0: remember? Or it was like a vulgar name? No, no, parrot. no.
2: I'm saying I don't remember. Oh. It was probably like Pinky or... or Mr. Or, parrot. Or birdie or something yeah. dumb like that. That's actually... That's really good recall. Yeah, well that's done. Yeah,
0: that's pretty good recall. Thank you. But it, So when you're a little girl in Kansas City... Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you didn't dream of being an investment banker or no. even know that you go to Minds Matter or even become the world's best administrator. You didn't know any of that was going to happen. No. What were your dreams?
2: Oh, that's a good one. So this is, this is a good memory. And this, this gives you an indication of how special my parents are. So I was at some camp when I was 13 years old. And one of the assignments was to write, you know, what are you going to be when you're 30? And so I wrote it and I totally had forgotten about it and I guess my father saved it and so when I turned 30 he didn't tell me he was going to do this and he mailed it to me which is a pretty freaking amazing like that's I don't know who who's that thoughtful but he is and so I get this letter, you know, in like my chicken scratch pencil scrawl, and I was like, "So, as thirty years old, with children and as a forest ranger, you're saving the world <laughs> and like all this stuff, and like you're a forest ranger. I was a forest ranger. Where'd that come from? I have well, so back then, I was really into the environment. and mm-hmm. for a little bit, I was a vegetarian, and some days I still wish I was. Yeah, I wanted to save the world. And it was one forest ranger at a time. And so that was, that was my goal. And now it's one sterny at a time. I know. It's one sterny at a time. And
0: one high school student at a time. And one high school, and one student. High school student. It sounds like you have made a career out of trying to help people and things that can't help themselves. Because forest rangers, they help little animals.
2: Here's the thing. I just feel that I don't think people can't help themselves. But I think sometimes people get in their own way. Or sometimes they don't know. It's a knowledge gap. So animals different. You're right. I, I just truly, I believe that, um, yeah, I just, I want to be careful that I'm not like, I don't feel like I'm helping people who can't help themselves. I'm just helping people connect to things that will make them better. And speaking of that, yeah.
1: um, you have clearly recognized a need in yourself to go back to school and get your MBA. Can you tell us what it's like to be the Administrator of the Year and a
2: part-time student here at Stern? Oh, gosh. Um, You wear many hats. And, you know, I I think the one place where I I have tried to model what I expect out of students is putting yourself outside of your comfort zone. I took an amazing class last year with Dolly Chug called Managerial Skills, and it was mainly full-time students that were in that class, and many of which I work with very closely in club leadership positions and I remember at the very end, there's this really cool video, and I showed it, and I talked about some of the work that I was trying to do at the school, and there's this video of this um, professor, and he's at the dentist, and he's talking about, you know, when you're at the dentist and you're reading through magazines that you don't really want to read through, but you do it because, you know, you're at the dentist. Good housekeeping. I know, it's true. Um, I think this was a National Geographic, which is a wonderful magazine, but he picked it up and he's looking through it, and he starts to read an article about lobsters. Okay. And what he learns about lobsters is that they, you know, they have the shell around them and then everything inside is super squishy. And delicious. And delicious. <laughs> I truly, actually, my mom did say to me the one thing I have to do when she's here is make sure we get to a lobster place. So that, that has already been All right, mom.
0: Off. It's on the way. Yeah,
2: it's on the way. So the lobster gets to a point where it's grown to the point that it can no longer sit in its shell, and it's it's a very stressful thing. And, and so what it has to do is it actually has to remove itself from the shell and bury itself under rocks and regrow it. And what he, what he refers it to is he's like, you know, lobsters are doing this. They get to a, a state of stress, and then they have to rebuild. Unfortunately for humans, when we get to a state of stress, we medicate. <laughs> we could be learning so much more from a lobster. And so I think it's one of those things where it's it's okay to have times of stress and it's o- okay to be outside of your comfort zone. But it has to be a time of growth. And you can't be afraid of that. You can't bottle your emotions. You can't run away from them. You you have, to, you have to deal with them. And normally, if you're able to do that, if you're able to take a time of stress, you will grow. It's been really fun. You know what? I think it's really helped me be better at my job. It Gener- definitely...
0: Generate yeah. empathy, maybe.
2: Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, and also, sometimes I'm like... Okay, guys, if I can answer an email and go to school uh, part-time and be at work full-time, you can answer an email, too. So (laughs) You're also
1: sort of superhuman, though. Can we agree? Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. Uh, Diana
2: is a superhuman. One of the other things I really realized is what I would love actually to see even more at Stern is a really great relationship between our Langone students and our full-time students Um, moving in that direction, which is really exciting. Like the student government of both parties just met and had like this super fruitful meeting, I think, and um, are going to be working together. But I think it gave me a better understanding for the Langone community, which I didn't necessarily know um, until I was in it. And the people I've met have been really awesome and special. And I just, I, I see so much opportunity here at Stern to be just increasing that pie and that network of folks that we have that are coming through these doors that are having a somewhat similar experience and then have a lot to give to their community. So that was, that also was a good learning experience for me.
1: But it seems to me that you give so much to the programs and the people, particularly at Minds Matter and and here at Stern. Uh, What are you
2: taking from these experiences? I actually, it's, I just had this conversation yesterday. I was, there's going to be a theme of, um, I was having a brunch date with my friend Bill. And, um, yeah, and we were talking. Thumbs up, Bill. I know. Bill's, well... He's my friend, so don't you worry. But um, yeah, <laughs> uh, Bill, you've uh,
0: been added to the friend zone. Just want you to know.
2: Sorry, Bill. <laughs> Bill was in the friend zone.
1: Okay.
2: <laughs> um. So I was having brunch with my friend Bill. How about that? And but I was talking about how special this community is, and how I'm like consistently amazed by the people that are here, and what I can learn from them, and what they give back. How, how can you not love spending time with people like that, that are, that are doing good for, for this place, that you enjoy being around, that are easy to talk to, that are making a difference in this world? So that's, I think, what makes this job so awesome, is that year after year, you're going to have those individuals that come in that are seriously making Stern a better place and are going to make their communities a better place.
0: Sherry, did you know that Diana is actually... All this minds matter stuff is great. All this administrator of the year is great. She's actually a reality star.
2: Let's hear that story. Yeah. Oh, Tell God. us more.
0: Yeah, she's a famous reality star.
2: Well, I wouldn't say famous. Oh. I did. I got an hour on Bravo, which wasn't terrible. That's not a bad channel. No, it's not bad. And the best part is I got to work with Tim Gunn, who is probably the nicest person alive. Like. He really is. Like, he, he has his moments of making fun of your outfit, but then he's just kind. It's so it was a
0: makeover show. It
2: was a makeover show, Frank. How embarrassing is that? That's not
0: embarrassing. Oh, yes, it is. No, but we're looking at you right now, and I, I would say it's actually confusing because <laughs> you're one of the most fashionable <laughs> ladies at Stern. Indeed. Oh,
2: I Absolutely. Yeah. So.
0: yeah, Diana's always walking around. She's always so well-dressed and stuff. You don't need a reality show yeah. to fix your fashion. Well, maybe
2: I needed it to, to be where I'm at today. I don't or know. What it gave you the boost? Yeah. Well, so, yeah, so let's A to Z. Okay. Let's hear it all. So I happen to be at a Diane von Furstenberg sample sale. I, I really do love DBF. She's one, of my, she's one of my go-to. And this woman was handing out cards to apply to be on a reality TV show. So I applied. I went in. I wore kind of one of my not best suits because, hey, if you're going to be on a fashion makeover show, maybe you should, like, show that you might need a little bit of help. And I ended up getting selected, and, and what was kind of a nice spin on it—it it, it wasn't like, "Oh my God, you can't dress." It's like I was shopping way too much. So I would go into these sample sales, and I would get such good deals, I would buy things that I wouldn't necessarily wear. Well, and,
0: you're losing money not getting it.
2: Correct. That's how I felt. So, yes. Yep. yep you Don't fuel the fire, frame. Yeah. No, I see. Yeah, it. I see. No, it. it was. Um, you get. You get like. Caught in the hysteria of a sale, and you're like, oh my god, everything's amazing. <laughs> um, so, anyways, I, I came, I, you know, and so they they did a focus on the fact that like be more mindful of when you're going in, and and you know, because when you still have tags on clothes that have been sitting in your closet for a year, you're kind of a dummy. It was really fun. It was it was like a week long of. Um, of filming and getting to know Tim. And as I said, he was, like, amazing. You needed to have, like, a reveal at the end that was associated with something. Um, and so I was like, all right, so I'm on national television. I'm still really involved in Minds Matter. Let's leverage this to help Minds Matter. And so I leveraged it to help Minds Matter, and we we did, like, a very small event. But the cool thing about it is um, they ended up filming a couple of students at the end. So they do this big reveal You kind of know people are going to be there, but, like, my parents were there. I didn't know they were going to be there, so they had flown in from Kansas City, and, like, 12 of my friends were in the room. And then they did this film of three students that I had worked with and basically testimonials of the impact that I had had on their lives.
0: Did you know? No, you didn't know they were going to do that. I had
2: no idea they were going to do that. And so I'm sitting there, and, of course, I'm like, So I start sobbing because, I I mean, I was—so I'm, like, all makeup. I'm, like, in, (laughs) like, a beautiful gown. um, My hair is up. I have, like, perfect earrings, and I'm, like, trying really hard not to cry, but it's really hard not to cry because who am I? Who am I to have these three beautiful people— say that I had an, in- I mean, I it just, I it still gives me a little bit of like chills thinking about it. Like I, I didn't deserve that recognition. They did, they did the work. I just showed up. That's all. So I'm crying. Tim Gunn's crying. Um, Naeem Khan was the designer that I worked with. And if you've ever seen any of his stuff, it's beautiful. It's all, he's an Indian designer. It's all like hand woven. Um, and he does, he did one for Michelle Obama for like a state dinner. Like he's, he's on the you know red carpet his stuff is so i actually ended up with two dresses from him which was amazing and then he also donated another $5000 to the organization which was amazing oh that's great and then from that show apparently there was a woman in LA that wanted to start something so they started an LA chapter which wow. yeah that part so was really, cool. really far reaching impact yeah. who
1: yes who knew from a Makeover show. Yep.
0: Yeah. Wow. The power of television. It's true. So th- that didn't exist before. Mm-mm. Oh my! And now an entire just region of children are going to. Excuse me. High school students are going to be helped by yeah. Minds Matter. Yeah. That's unbelievable.
2: So that part. That part was. That part was a really special. And there was only like a few moments of of mortifying. Like oh my god, why is why did I say that? Why is this on national television? Did I have to talk about? X, Y, and Z, and you know what? It's out there. It's done. There's nothing I can do about it. And you know,
0: a little television magic.
2: Yeah, it also makes you a little bit more human and relatable. You don't you
0: know? be perfect, Diana? It's okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm far from perfect, believe me. Yeah,
0: I just think it's funny that she had to frumpy herself up a little bit for the <laughs> television show.
2: Smart though. Yeah. Well, yeah, you gotta sell. You gotta sell the. You gotta concept. Sell it. Well, and then they had a totally different concept, which was even better. So I didn't have to completely embarrass myself. So it worked out okay.
0: So for students that come to NYU Stern, they first interact with you as an administrator. Mm -hmm. And what we observe is that you can be very businesslike, you're very efficient in what you do, but the more you get to know you, you find that there is kind of a fun, silly side that loves nonsense. And when I was trying to find out about you from like people that work with you, all they wanted to talk about was Torchy. Oh. You want to tell people what what, what the heck that is?
2: Yeah. Um, So if you come to my office, so I I often get when people don't know me that I'm very businesslike on email and maybe not very friendly, which I don't think is the case. But apparently that's how I come off. My office is very loud. There's a lot going on. I have a a series of Smurfs sitting on my desk and, and a couple of dinosaurs, Torchy being one of them. So Torchy now is a little dressed up. He has a blonde wig that goes with his look because we all want to like have a look. And then he has two additional wings that are shark fins because for one of the Abbas date auctions, uh, our Association of Hispanic and Black Business Students, we did a Katy Perry song. And so I was up there as Katy Perry, and Connor was one of the sharks, you know, from the Super Bowl. Yeah, left yeah. shark, right shark. Yeah, so he has a whole—he has like a whole getup.
0: So this is like a mascot of yours, huh?
2: Kinda, yeah. So his name is Torchy. He was named by one of our former outgoing presidents of of the Entrepreneurs Exchange Club, and he's, he's like a three foot stuffed orange dragon that sits in my corner, the blonde wig and these and these shark fins. And I remember when I got promoted to director. My boss was like, "So, um, maybe you should get rid of Torchy. He, he may not be like giving you the, the vibe you want to give in terms of, like a professional setting," and I started to cry. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: And I'm sure he Is was this
1: during
2: <laughs> the promotion. Uh, shortly thereafter, it's either Torchy, Torchy or, or me. me.
0: Yep. I, I was just thinking like what his reaction was going to be because he was not expecting. No,
2: he was not expecting a grown woman to cry over a three-foot stuffed orange animal.
0: What did he do? He was like, okay.
2: Yeah. So <laughs> walked off. So let me let me give you a little bit more context. I don't know how to explain it, but. My the person that recruited me to Stern uh, was named Gary Fraser, who's like a rock star, and he's he's now on the the West Coast uh, at another business school, which is fine. We won't talk about it. And he, I don't. He just was a part of the legacy of Torchy. There's, you know, he just he reminds me of Torchy. I don't know why, and I'm so sorry, Gary, that you. I'm equating you to a, a stuffed animal. But there was something of, with that connection there of that memory of having, like, goofy times with Gary and some of my other coworkers in this ridiculous animal that somehow taking it away would take away those memories. And that's not fair or right, and it was kind of silly of me to react that way, but I think I just had an immediate emotional reaction to the fact that my boss was trying to take my sure. stuffed animal away. Well, <laughs> you're symbol of everything good in the world. Yes, Torchy in the Might corner. Might be a
0: little transference there,
2: mm-hmm. but the
0: fact that Torchy still exists, I think, is a testament to empathy and understanding and fun at NYU Stern, even in the admin office. I
2: think you're right. Why not? It's It's all about having fun, so that's something... You got to be business like but you also as I said you got to go below the surface and you got to have fun with it.
0: Diana, you've said it all. Thank you. I hope that you enjoyed being on the show. We loved having you on the show. Thank you. It was really great. Yeah. We, uh, did you have fun?
2: I had a great time.
0: That's good. And I
2: got over this whole, like, weirdness with the... Yeah. Hi. Yeah, you're on a <laughs>
0: microphone, it's different, It's but. in your
2: face, for sure. Hey,
0: we learned stuff, right, Sherry?
1: Absolutely, and you didn't even need Torchy in the corner to make you feel loose and comfortable. I know, but
2: he would have enjoyed being here, I guarantee it.
0: Well, time. yeah, Torchy, if you're listening, don't worry, Mama's going to be yeah. coming back upstairs Don't soon. you worry. <laughs> <laughs> good. Yeah, you smiled and you, smile you laughed, it seemed like you had fun, I so... I
2: did, I had a great time. Great. This is really fun. Yeah, give us yeah. a
0: good Yelp review. <laughs> <laughs>
2: what? Are
0: we going to be on Yelp? That's a thing.
1: TripAdvisor?
0: I don't know what we'd be on. For
1: commuters.
0: Yeah. Oh, and we'll post pictures of Diana's reality show adventures on Instagram. Oh no, <laughs> a, is that okay? <laughs> like, sure. Ah, people will love it. Yeah. That's all right. such a good one. <laughs> Just bumped. Okay. Thanks, Diana. Thank
1: awesome. you.